Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your host, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And it's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Everybody, welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with John Harlow tonight. We're breaking down the weekend from Indianapolis Motor Speedway, talking about the playoffs, and of course that ever fun talk about the NASCAR silly season. First, it was the Big Machine Vodka 400, actually second on the race on the weekend, second race on the day. Both of the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series events were rained out until Monday. Uh, the Cup Series didn't get any practice, any qualifying before hitting the track for the race. On Monday afternoon, uh, they had two competition cautions for that reason, and ended up being Brad Keselowski and Victor Lane led nine laps. Uh, had fresher tires at the end. Pit strategy really helped him. Timely caution helped him as well. Uh, Denny Hamlin seemed to have the race in the bag, but Brad Keselowski went to Victor Lane for the second straight week in the Cup Series after winning the Southern 500 on Sunday night at Darlington. He comes back Monday afternoon and wins at the Brickyard on Monday afternoon. So what were your thoughts, John, on, on Brad Kozlowski's victory? Like I said, probably had some pitch strategy there that really helped him. But, uh, you know, Lord knows he's been on that, I'm sure, a couple of times this year, and it pays off. He gets a little lucky here and, and gets the victory lane. Gets those extra playoff points. He's got some momentum now as the playoffs start here, John. I think it was, a, it was a great day for Team Penske, the fact that two weeks in a row, two ground jewels, and both of them going into Roger Penske's um, trophy case. He's won 17 Indy 500s and he'd been searching and searching. It took 25 times and they finally won at the Brickyard in a cup car. Uh, one of the things that was really impressive throughout the day was how tires mattered at the end and also how well, how good the race was, even though they didn't turn a lap of practice. I thought it was one of the better Brickyard, excuse me, one of the better Brickyard 400s we've had in years. Um, the one thing that did bother me more than anything is, for the love of God, why is the double zero and the 96 wrecking with 10 laps to go? What is so important that those two are pushing each other that hard? It's not like they're trying to save themselves a spot in the playoffs. not like they're trying to do anything else. Why are they pushing so hard at the end where the two of them crash and change the complexion of the race? That's just the one that bothers me. Great move by Keselowski. They decided that they weren't as fast as everybody else, so they figured they'd pit last instead of pit first and see if their tires would outlast anybody if there's a green-white checker. And guess what? It was. Whenever they had the restart, Keselowski had, what, 15-lap fresher tires and uh, Boyer and um, the other guy who was Boyer battling for the lead, um, Denny Hamlin. Hamlin. Between Boyer and Hamlin, Keselowski had 15 lap pressure tires. So it wound up whenever they re- they cycled through a couple times, it wound up being perfect for Keselowski. It was a good battle between him and Hamlin. They both were on each other's doors. They were using each other up, but they were clean about it. And it wound up being a great finish. Yeah, it was a good finish. No doubt about it. To big machine vodka 400. Um, you know, sometimes you think those competition cautions are in there to kind of mix up the strategy, especially because they say it's check tire wear and never seems like nobody ever takes four tires. It's two tires. A lot of the times it's no tires and just uh, gas when the competition caution comes out. So, uh, you know, but who knows? I mean, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. But an interesting race, you know, because Lowski and Victor Lane, I thought Eric Jones ran a really good race as well. I mean, he's had some speed here really ever since Daytona. He got the monkey off his back. And I know it's a restrictor plate win for him, and a lot of people look at restrictor plate wins and go, oh, come on, it's a restrictor plate win. But it just feels good to know you're in the chase uh, to, to get – that first win out of the way, he's run really strong here. Hamlin probably should have won on Sunday, had the best race car. Harvick was there all day. Clint Boyer, a top five run. Kurt Busch in sixth. 
Another strong day from from Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, a, a strong day from Jamie McMurray in seventh. Kyle Busch was eighth, and it was Paul Menard and Ryan Newman rounding out the top ten. A couple of those guys in the silly season talk a little bit later on in the show. McMurray and Newman, that is. Uh, but what were your thoughts there on the top ten, John, from Indianapolis? Anybody that really surprised you or any anybody that um, you look at and you say, well, I, I expect a little bit better of a run for him. I know we look at Kyle Busch in eighth, and you say, oh, well, that's not a great run, and it's not. But he had some issues to overcome uh, for him. So an eighth-place run, you under, kind of understand where that's coming from. Eighth-place finish for Kyle Busch with the way his day went. That was a great finish. Um, I was impressed with Jamie Mack. The way he ran throughout the race, he made he got himself there at the end. Um, and I thought him and Boyer were going to battle it out whenever the restart happened and Hamlin took off. And Boyer slammed the door to keep McMurray behind him. I thought the two of them were going in the wall because McMurray was that was going to be that desperate to make the chase. I thought he wasn't going to let Boyer close the door on him. Uh, but McMurray showed a little bit of patience and it wound up biting him. Uh, Newman again, good strategy, him and Matt McCall, they are good at the strategy game. Um, I thought he was going to have a chance to play at the end, just wasn't fast enough and couldn't get the track position. And that's one of the things that you run into anymore, especially with a place like Indy. And you saw it once you got out of the, once the restart took place, if you got through turn one and turn two in the lead, you took off and there was very little catching anybody. The only one who really caught anybody and passed him, Boyer did it once. And Keselowski did it at the end, but Keselowski did it with 15 lap pressure tires. Absolutely, and, and that's uh, helped that race and that finish a lot. Uh, a couple of go- drivers had real tough days. One uh, was Alex Bowman, who was on the cusp there, uh, 16th place driver and 15th and point 16th place driver for the playoffs. He had had some issues there with an accident, came back out, finished in a 33rd position, a tough day for him. And Martin Truex Jr. lost his brakes. It's just been a, a couple of really, really tough weeks of the announcement that the team's shutting down. Truex's future might be, probably going to be at JGR. Uh, a couple of really tough weeks for Martin Truex Jr. They've really hit the skids here the last couple of weeks, John. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Martin Truex Jr. here? You know, we talked about the big three all year long, and, and that includes Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr., should we talk about the big three right now? Because right now it seems like that 78 team, and, I, and you can say what you want, well, they're going to run hard for the championship, no doubt about it, but it seems like the distraction of that team shutting down has taken a, a full uh, – and has hit this team hard. And, and right as soon as the rumors came down, they had the issues. Uh, it, it just seems like they've had the issues as soon as the rumors are popping up. Do you think that they're going to be a championship contender here in these last ten races? Yes. And part of the reason is, is uh, I think Toyota wants to make sure that – um, Truex has a good going away with Furniture Row Racing. Joe Gibbs wants to, because, I mean, you think about it, Furniture Row Racing basically gets Gibbs stuff, and Cole Pern and his crew out at Furniture Row end up tinkering with it. I think Gibbs wants to make sure that they give Truex the good stuff that's available. I'm not sure if Truex is signed yet. The rumors is that they rumors are that they are, and Toyota wants to make sure the two of them stay in place. But if the contract isn't signed and Gibbs doesn't give Furniture Row as good as stuff as they've had all year, that 41 car is sitting there. I could see that possibility coming into play. Um, Because if you're going to go somewhere, you're going to end up going to Gibbs or Stuart Haas right now. They're the two places to go. And you have a seat open possibly, I mean, for almost for sure it's Stuart Haas and they're looking at making a seat for Truex and Cole Pern at Gibbs. If I'm Truex and Cole Pern, if I don't get top-notch stuff out there like we've had, I wouldn't be going to Gibbs. But the one thing you look at when it comes to it, I mean, what's the chances of a brake rotor blowing up? I mean, that's nothing that the closing of Furniture Row Racing really has. I mean, there's nothing involved with that. That just happens to be a part failure. Um the problems at Darlington, they had a pit road problem. They had a couple other issues at Darlington. That's, I mean, you can't be perfect all 36 races. I mean, you've seen Harvick's crew have problems. You've seen Kyle Busch's crew have problems here and there. That's just one of those, I mean, it's just two weeks in a row of bad luck. They go to Vegas. They're at the mile and a half. Truex and Cole Pern have been darn good on mile and a half for the last two years. So 
we'll see this week if um, you, you should see the big three going one, two, three, or battling out for the top. And I think we're going to see that this week. I don't think Truex is out of the championship uh, chase. I think him and Cole Pern, um, it's almost, I think of Truex and Cole Pern right now, the way you used to think of Jimmy and Chad, they could screw up the middle of the season all they wanted, but once the 10 races started, look out. I think we're going to see that this year. And plus Barney Visser, would you want to go out on top if you can? I think he's going to do everything he can with what he's putting into the, make this team this year the best possible way to finish. He has one championship. How great would it be to have two? Now, my seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero here talking in circles. Clayton Caldwell, John Harlow here with you tonight and talking in circles. Uh, yeah, listen, I think it's going to be really tough. I honestly believe Kurt, uh, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick are the favorites right now. Um, Cause last has got a little bit of momentum. I have to see more from that team on the mile and a half program to consider them a championship contender. I like Boyer. I think Boyer's got an outside shot at it just because it comes down to one race. And, uh, you know, that team hasn't had to put the consistency together as far as running up in the top three all year long. But they've had some really nice races this year. And and, uh, I think as far as those guys are concerned, I think that's your championship contenders. Kyle Larson may be an outsider. You look at it, you say he can run great at Homestead. And if he gets through the first three rounds, Homestead could be his race. Who knows how that is. Um, but I, I think the big two to look out for right now are Kyle, ha- Kyle Bush and Kevin Harvick here. Um, I, I'm not sure if I just I don't like teams that are lame duck that are shutting down there. And I know you can say what you want. Well, they're great. Sure. But I also like teams that are hot and have some momentum. And that 78 team does not have any right now. And we'll see. I mean, they could go out here at Las Vegas and, and prove me totally wrong and go out and, and beat everybody's brains in a little bit here um, and, and totally say, hey, you know what, we're, champ- we're fighting for this championship. So we'll see. Um, of the 16 playoff drivers, you know, there's 16 playoff drivers. So the rest of the field missed. You know, when you look at the drivers who just missed, John, Ryan Newman, Paul Menard, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Daniel Suarez, James McMurray, William Byron, Chris Buescher, A.J. Allmendinger, David Reagan, et cetera. Um, is there anybody that really stands out to you who you kind of sat there and said, wow, if I, before the year I had him in the chase or the playoffs for sure, um, and I can't believe they missed the playoffs. Is there one driver that looks for you right now that you would say that you're kind of surprised missed the playoffs? I'm kind of surprised that Newman did, just because Newman usually finds a way. Um, he's always consistent. He's been solid. I don't think that RCR and all the Chevy teams are going to expect the Camaro to be the dud that it was at the beginning of the year. Uh, they found some speed as the year's gone on, and Newman's been pretty pretty consistent they've tried a few uh pit strategy things to get them going into the get them further up i thought newman would make it um that's about the only one out of the bunch i I mean mcmurray he's made it a couple times but it wasn't because he was great he made it because he was better at being mediocre than some of the others i think at the beginning of the year we were kind of I mean, you looked at every bit of success William Byron had in the truck series and the uh, Xfinity series, thinking there'd be a shot with him going into the 24 car, even though it was basically the uh, five car from last year. But you had Darian Grubb on the box. You have a really good team. And Byron had shown he's able to drive anything that has wheels on it. And the first half of the year, William Byron looked lost. He's starting to pick up on it, but it's, it was too late for this year. One of the things that I think is going to be um, a difference maker here in the playoffs is at the beginning of the year, you saw teams, I mean, the OSS system, which we've all talked about, um, that evened out the playing field and stuff like that. You saw Stuart Haas Racing buy an OSS system. You saw Team Penske buy an OSS system. Hendrick Motorsports didn't buy theirs till July. And you notice when their performance started picking up, not long after they got the system. I think Hendrick Motorsports is going to surprise a couple people in the playoffs. I'm not going to say they're going to put somebody in the final four, but I think they're going to be more respectable than they have been throughout the regular season. It's interesting you say that because I was just going to bring up Hendrick Motorsports. And, you know, it's funny when you look at Jimmy Johnson, who's now made the playoffs 15 consecutive years, which is absolutely incredible. I know there's 16 cars now, so – you know, you really have to have a bad year to miss these playoffs. And that's something else I want to touch on in a little bit when I get done with my point with Jimmy. Um, 
you know, usually when Jimmy's in the playoffs and you look at that, you have to sit there like last year. We said, hey, you know what? He didn't finish up the regular season strong, but this 48 team, they, they always come to play when it comes to playoff time. They're always going to be there. They're always going to uh, go out there and, uh, and win races and, and be fighting for that championship. I, I don't see it this year. I just don't. They Every time I've been waiting for that team going, okay, they got a week off. They've rebounded. They've, they've looked at their notes. They've figured out some things. Every time I've kind of waited for this team to take off, it just seems like they just haven't done that. And they've struggled. You know, the best Hendrick Motorsports car this year by far has been Chase Elliott. Um, I'm not, I don't like his chances to win this championship just because the Camaro hasn't been what they've expected. Um, you're right, they've, they've picked it up a little bit here. Maybe Chase can pull off a victory somewhere, but I just don't see him outrunning Harvick or Bush uh, at Homestead or really anywhere. Um, to win this championship. So I, I think that's something to, that, um, you know, as you look at from, from this standpoint, it's something that um, it, it's kind of crazy to think about that. Jimmy Johnson just, I don't give him any chances to win this championship. Um, about this race at Indianapolis, too, and, and about 16 playoff drivers, you know, it, it just it makes you a little disappointed. The last couple of years you've looked at this, um, these playoffs, and you say, man, it'd be cool if somebody else, for example, this year is a pr- perfect example the only way we would have seen somebody advance to the playoffs that was outside the playoffs before Indianapolis started was if they won a race. But when you look, when you're dealing with drivers and teams that are 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th in points, you say they're never going to win. They're so far off, they're never going to get the victory lane, no matter what the circumstances, unless you put restricted plates on them and make a drafting track. So, you know that kind of a, a walk-off regular season victory to get into the playoffs, almost like we saw with Jerry Mayfield a bunch of years ago when he's running for Everham Motorsports, you're not going to see that with 16 playoff drivers because the fact that there's 16 is just too many. When you start dealing with 17, 18-place drivers trying to make these playoffs, trying to win these races, they're not good enough to do that. That's why they're 16, 17 in points. So um, to me, it's it just kind of – that's another point, another uh, – example of where 16 playoff drivers really kind of look at it and say, maybe it's just a little too many. I think it might be a little too many, but it does add to the drama that every week they cut four. Now, if it was 16 and they all stayed together until Homestead, yeah, we'd still have the winner. We'd we'd be down to Harvick and Bush at the end, but then somebody would have to finish uh, first and the other one probably have to finish 14th to win the title. Um, The one thing that you go back to and when it comes to Jimmy Johnson, as long as Dover's in the playoffs, even though the they've struggled all season long, they have some sort of magic there. The difference is this year, Dover's not in the first three, is it? I think it goes um it goes Vegas, Richmond, the Roval. Isn't that yes. right? So yep. and I think they'll get through they probably will find a way to squeak through the first round because somebody's going to have some sort of trouble and they can make it through the first round. They get through the second round. They got two magic tracks in there. They got Dover and they got Martinsville. So if Johnson can make it through, he's got a chance to make it go. I mean, to get going, it's just a matter of somehow, some way. And I don't see why or how Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss have not figured it out yet. And I think until I can be proven totally wrong, even though I've said all season long, you and I have a better chance at buying a charter than Jimmy and Chad have at winning another championship. I'm still not counting them out. Yeah, listen, I I would love to put them in there because I think the the story of eight championships would be really, really cool, but I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I think if you told the biggest surprise on the whole so far through 26 races of this season in 2018 for me is just how off Hendrick Motorsports, and particularly that 48 team, has been all season. Um, and you could say, well, it's the Camaro. Still, we all thought, well, they're going to get their arms wrapped around the Camaro once they get their arms wrapped around it here six, seven races into the year. They're going to figure it out, and they're going to run good. That 48 team, the nines were pretty good. Let's give them credit. I mean, the nines were pretty good. They haven't been, you know – uh, anything to jump up and down about and go crazy, but they've been pretty good. Um, the 48's just been, and to me that's the biggest shock, is the 48. They just haven't found it yet because of the, the 
experience they have, how great they usually are, the fact that they haven't found it yet, um, it's, just, it's just shocking to me for sure. Now let's well, say And on top of that, while we're, talking about, while we're talking about Johnson quick, who would have thought here we are at the end of the year going into the playoffs, Jimmy Johnson has led 29 laps throughout the entire season. Casey Kane's led 30. Michael McDowell's led 31. Daniel Suarez has led 35. Who would have ever thought at the beginning of the year that Michael McDowell driving for Front Row Motorsports would have led more laps than seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson? That's the biggest shock to me throughout this entire season. Yeah, he's been, he, and that's the thing. He's just been so far off. You know, it makes you wonder, and, and Chad's been there. Chad's got a two-year extension there it makes you wonder if that magic is gone. Now, I'll give him a, a, a little bit of a reprieve here and say, hey, you know what, um, 2018 just wasn't their year. Let's just – they made the playoffs. That was an accomplishment in itself. It just wasn't their year. They, they had to get their arms around a Camaro. It took them a year, and we'll see what it does for 2019. But if this season – and, and we, they still got 10 races to go, so they can still find it here. But if this season, these last 10 go like the first 26 have um, – you know, you could start saying maybe in the first 10, 15 races in 2019, if things don't pick up, maybe they need a uh, talking, and as crazy as it sounds, talking about a crew chief change there at that 48, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. The NASCAR Xfinity Series race ran uh, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend. The Lily Diabetes 250 from Indianapolis Motor Speedway is Justin Allgaier winner. Tyler Reddick finished second. Then it was Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Daniel Hemrick, Matt Tiff's Christopher Bell in seventh, Austin Dillon, Chase Briscoe, and Brandon Jones, your top ten. I think the real story about the Xfinity Series right now, John, is the fact that Justin Allgaier, fifth win of the year, he's been on fire lately. And uh, a question was proposed to us um, and from a buddy of mine, you know, is Justin Allgaier this, all of a sudden now the favorite to win this championship in the Xfinity Series? All year we've talked about Christopher Bell and Joe Gibbs Racing and how dominant they are. What about Allgaier? You think he's now the favorite to win this championship? Um, I'm not. I won't discount it. I'll put him as a co-favorite with Christopher Bell. Uh, one of the things you're running into at Junior Motorsports is Junior's got three cars in the playoffs. Joe Gibbs Racing only has the one that really matters. Um, Brandon Jones is in it, but uh, I mean it doesn't really matter that much. The only one they're banking on is Christopher Bell. So Joe Gibbs and they can throw all the efforts they want into that 20 car and go after the championship. Junior's still got to keep three drivers happy. Plus you got Elliot Sadler in his final season where he's going to do everything he can to go out with a trophy. But I, right now, if you ask me who I think has the momentum going into it is Justin Allgaier and they're going to a mile and a half track and all run good on the mile and a half. And so is uh, Christopher Bell. So it'll be probably a battle between all and Bell. And the thing that's great about these last 10 races, no big time cup drivers will be in it. So this will be battled out between the Xfinity guys, just like they did in the dash for cash. You won't have Kyle Busch coming in and stealing the show. You won't have Keselowski or Joey Logano coming in to steal it. It's going to be between the Xfinity drivers. And I think it's gonna be a good battle between all um, Christopher Bell at the end. Elliot Sadler will probably make the chase. Uh, I mean, the final four. And I'll throw a I'll throw a bone to Hemrick for the final four. It's either gonna be him or the nine car. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see exactly how that all turns out because, you know, I, I think right now the two the two big time Xfinity drivers as you mentioned are Allgaier and uh, Christopher Bell and Joe Gibbs Racing as good as they have been in this Xfinity series historically. They've been really, really good, no doubt about it. Um, to me, they've been just a little bit not as great as they have been this season, and I think a lot of that to do is is with the composite body in the Xfinity Series. Um, I think they've, they've it kind of threw them for a loop. They had some advantages that other teams didn't have, and now that that advantage is taken away from them, they're trying to find a, that advantage in a different spot. Now, Bell's had a really good year. There's no doubt about that, but – you know, usually we see Joe Gibbs Racing where their speed is usually um, way ahead of every other race team, and right now that's not the case. You know, you mentioned all you mentioned all Iron Bell. Hemrick's going to have a chance at it, no doubt about it. 
Um, it's going to be very interesting to see. Their playoffs don't start till Richmond, so that's something to keep an eye on as well as, as these series are all – it would be nice if they all start at the same time, but not confuse the crap out of everybody. But, um, yeah, that, that's the way the Xfinity Series works. But they got 12 drivers. Right now, Austin Sindrick um, is 12th in points. Michael Nett's 57 points back. He's going to need to pull off a win at Las Vegas. Same thing with Jeremy Clements and Ryan Sieg back there as well. They're going to need to pull off victories to get into the playoffs uh, in the Xfinity Series. 919, excuse me, 917-889-8280. Here on Talking Circles tonight, Clayton Caldwell, John Harlow here with you. Um, it's that time of year, John, we're talking about the silly season. And silly season is a is a fun time. You know, part of why, what drives me crazy about the silly season, though, is that fact that people um, will take a, a report, a, a legit report from a legit source and say, well, that's not real. Let's not believe that whole – let's not believe that 100%. And then get a source from some random guy that they just met on the Internet and say, oh, that's, that's the case. Uh, you know, he, he, so my friend told me that, that that's what's going to happen. And you kind of look at it and say, use your brain a little bit. Um, but one thing that came out that was true, and it was uh, the Associated Press reported it uh, on Monday in between the races or right after the Xfinity Series race – uh, Jane McMurray at, will be out of a ride next season at Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, he sounds like he's exploring his options. He was given a leadership role at Chip Ganassi Racing and a shot to drive in the Daytona 500 in 2019. Um, so that opens up the one car. I mean, I think everybody kind of expected McMurray to have been out. It was reported a few bunch of weeks ago that um, Kurt Busch is going to be driving that car next season. But a lot of people were saying, well, McMurray doesn't really know. Uh, it's now official that McMurray's out of a contract. What are your thoughts on Jim McMurray? I mean, here's a guy who uh, has won seven races in his career, has had a, a decent career, hasn't won a ton in his career, but he's over the age of 40 now. And for a guy that doesn't win a lot and over the age of 40, um, there's not too many big-time rides out there for you. What are your thoughts on Jim McMurray here as, as he enters the 2019 season without driving the one car next year? I think Jamie McMurray is sort of one of those untapped potential ones or sort of like when you look at a major league baseball player, he's a four a player. He's too good for triple a, but he wasn't really good enough to be an all-star in the show. Um, Jamie McMurray came out of the box second race, filling in for Sterling Marlin at Chip Ganassi racing and one in the Coors light car. So they put him in the 42, and he did okay. Didn't do anything on fire. And then when the Kurt Busch fiasco leaving Roush Fenway, they brought McMurray over there, and he was part of five cars and just couldn't find his couldn't find his way at Roush Fenway. Went back to Ganassi and had the one good year where he won uh, Daytona. He won the Coke 600. He won the Brickyard. So I mean, he had basically one really good year for Chip Ganassi Racing, but just enough to keep himself. A little bit relevant, but Jamie McMurray is, I, I don't know if I could say untapped potential or just wasn't good enough. I mean, he was okay. Nothing special. I mean, he's got seven wins in the cup series. There's a hell of a lot of people in their career would love to say they had seven wins in the cup series, but Jamie McMurray made a heck of a lot of money for being pretty mediocre. No doubt. And, uh, you know, you look at some of his, his, points finishes at Earnhardt Ganassi, Chip Ganassi Racing. You know, one year in 2011, you forget he finished 27th in the standings, 21st in 2012. Um, he was able to rebound. You know, that team wasn't nearly where they are now, but he was able to rebound and um, have a pretty good back end of his tenure at Chip Ganassi Racing, but had a tough year this year. Um, never was really a factor to make the playoffs, and I just think it's time to move on. I, I've said that uh, numerous times this year when I heard that Bush was going to the one. It's just time to move on for McMurray. He's been there a long, long time. He's been in that, that one car for almost eight years now. So um, it's, he's been there a really long time. And, and when you look at that, it, it, it's just time to move on for him for sure. And so that, you know, pretty much gives a lot of credit, John, to the rumor about Kurt Busch. Uh, here's a veteran driver who won a race not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, he's still a very competitive race car driver. Stuart Haas Racing hasn't come out and officially said that he's out of a ride. Um, but it was reported, like I said, I believe it was motorsport.com had it a few weeks ago that Kurt will be driving the one car. So 
Do you think that's possible? That's a big possibility there. And how do you think he'll do in that one car? Um, I think Kurt will be a good seat filler. Um, I don't see him staying there long. I think the rumors have it that Kurt wants to do one more year and then ride off into the sunset. Kurt's in his early 40s, recently married. Uh, his wife's a big polo star, so they travel the world a lot. So I'm thinking Kurt's getting to the point where it's like he's made a lot of money in this sport. And I think he still wants one more big contract, and he brings Monster with him. But I don't know if that big contract's there even going Chip Ganassi. One of the things about going to Chip Ganassi Racing, though, and Kurt Busch was phenomenal the one year he went to Indy. He may try to, go, he may try to do the double again. Ganassi gives him that opportunity. The other thing that it does, it could set up Kurt Busch for his future. He may be done in cup racing, but he still like he could possibly drive a sports car for Chip Ganassi down the road. So it could be a one year in cup, maybe two year in cup with Chip Ganassi at the one car. And then he goes into the uh, sports cars like Scott Pruitt did whenever he drove for him. Yeah, I think at the end, you know, it comes down to the financial situation of that race team. You know, Kurt, it was reported, when it was reported that he was going to go to the one car, it was also reported he was going to bring Monster Energy, the sponsorship he's had at Stuart Haas Racing for the last few seasons, with him to the one car next season. And you look at that one car, they've got a lot of sponsors there, Cessna, uh, First Data, they also have McDonald's, they have uh, Bass Pro Shops, I think, for a few races as well. So McMurray's got a ton of races um, that are sponsored on, on that team this year, and then they're also going to add Monster to the fold. Um, so when you look at that, you say, hmm, you know, maybe it's the fact that they got to pay their driver a lot of money, and, and that's why Kurt Busch wants to go to Chip Ganassi Racing. I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, so tying these two together, I guess I'm – where do you think McMurray's going to go, John? Do you think he's going to take um, that leadership role at – Chip Ganassi Racing, and maybe that one race deal to sort of finish up his tenure at Chip Ganassi Racing in the 2019 Daytona 500? Um, or do you think he's going to go elsewhere? Uh, where do you see McMurray's 2019 season? Um, you know, where do you, think, where do you think he ends up for that for 2019? Well, if you remember early in the season, Dale Jr. said there would be a, somebody would retire. That my two, One of the people both you and I and Lee and Virginia pointed out is Jamie McMurray was that candidate. Um, I don't really see Jamie McMurray being able to land a decent ride. There's only one other decent ride out there with the possibility of the 31 possibly coming open, but I think that would be a Daniel Hemrick thing if that happens. But I don't see a decent ride out there for Jamie McMurray. I don't see him going to Stuart Haas Racing. I don't see him going to a front row motorsports or a JTG Doherty. I think he's run with Ganassi. Um, and you think about it, if Chip wants him in a leadership role like Dario Franchitti, guess what, Jamie, you're still getting a good paycheck out of that. It may not be driver money, but it's enough to keep your family going for the next few years. And Dario Franchitti has basically, um, fell in love with that role over it in the IndyCar series after he got his concussion, was unable to keep driving. He's been a great driver coach, helped Scott Dixon, helped uh, Charlie Kimball along. He's been a great ambassador for the IndyCar series and also a great driver coach and somebody that could sit in the technical meetings and give feedback from somebody who sat in the car. I think Jamie McMurray would be good in that role for Chip Ganassi Racing. The fact that Chip still wants to keep him around and willing to give him a Daytona 500 ride. That's impressive. I don't see anywhere else that Jamie McMurray could go unless it's possibly the 95 where Kane's vacating, but we already pretty much have Daniel Suarez in that car. So the, I, right. don't think yeah. I don't think there's a seat at the musical chairs left for Jamie McMurray. Yeah, and the only thing I can think of is maybe if GMS wants to go racing in Cup and they want a veteran presence on that team there, um, maybe they pull up McMurray and call him up and say, hey, you know, we want a veteran presence, a guy who's won races who can compete for us. And he can certainly do that. He can certainly get you – uh, and help a, a young team just starting out in the Cup Series get their feet wet. Um, and and cer- he could certainly do that. He's certainly capable of doing that. So that might be something to keep an eye on for McMurray. But we're purely speculating there. I'm purely speculating there because GMS hasn't even announced that they are fully 100% committed to coming to Cup next season. Uh, so I, I think that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, but you're right. I think at the end of the day, you know, you have to look at that role, that leadership role for him. 
um, as a possibility for sure. Uh, he's again, he's over the age of 40. He's on the wrong side of, of 40 now. He's 42 years old, and um, you know hasn't he hasn't won a race since 2013. So um, and he's won one race since 2011. So that that's when you look at it and you say, hey, um, you know, it's just time to make a change there in that one team for sure. Uh, you mentioned Casey Kane, and, and as I, I look at um, Jamie McMurray, you're right. The 95 would make sense if we didn't have the rumors flying about that it was they're going to Toyota with Suarez. Um, but how about Casey Kane? Kind of an interesting little news. He announced a few weeks back he's going to retire from the Cup Series full-time after the 2018 season. Um, so he that 95 car is vacant. We knew it was going to be vacant after the 2018 season, but we didn't. What we didn't know, when we found out this week or last week, was was that Kane um, has been suffering from severe dehydration and will not be able to compete. Was not he was not able to compete in Indianapolis and defend his title from that race. He will not be able to compete in the next three races uh, at Las Vegas, the Roval, and Richmond. So it's going to be Regan Smith who took over for that car in the 95 at Indianapolis, gave it a pretty good run. Um, Regan Smith's going to be in that 95 car for the next four, three races, uh, all, four altogether. Um, are you concerned about Casey Kane? Do you think we're going to see Casey Kane back here for 2018? Well, Casey had a uh, teleconference today where he wound up uh, talking to people, talking to the media folks, and one of the things that he said is, uh, people want to know why I just don't retire and sit out the rest of the season. And Kane said the answer is simple. I love racing. I've been racing most of my life, and I'm not ready to give it up yet. And when he went through and started explaining um, what happens to him is he's a slim guy. I mean, Casey is a little guy. But if you look at it, you he sweats more than your average NFL lineman does. And they've got the fat and the muscle and all the other stuff to go with it. Casey Kane doesn't. So it takes so much out of him doing the 500-mile race. The fact that he kept racing at Darlington whenever he said he was suffering the last 100 laps was mind-boggling. The fact that he threw up the whole – I mean, whenever he got out of the car, he laid on pit wall and waited for the – emergency technicians to come see him and he threw up the whole way to the infield care center. There's something wrong with Casey Kane physically. And I hope like hell, the doctors do not clear him until he's ready. If this is the end of Casey Kane's cup career, it was a really good career. Casey Kane's a 38 year old man. He's still got a hell of a lot of life left to live. He wants to play with his son. He wants to run his sprint cars. And I think that's a great way to continue your life. He's made enough money where he's going to be comfortable the rest of his life. Keep the rest of your life as long as you can. Yeah, and I'm sure I understand his his want to drive the race car, no doubt about it. It's been, but this year has been a real tough year. Even last the last few for Casey has been real tough. And yeah, it makes you wonder maybe that this is something that's been he's been experiencing the last few years, and that could be why we've seen a sharp decline in performance, you know, uh, from Casey Kane. Who knows? You know, whether or not that was maybe Hendrick Motorsports tailing off a little bit or Casey Kane for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, I just hope he gets better and his health gets figured out. But, you know, who knows what, what we're going to see. It's very, it's a very odd situation, no doubt about it. It's hard to believe that, um, you know, something like this could uh, have such a big impact because it, you never really hear about somebody – you know, having such severe dehydration that uh, they have to step out of their job or what they're doing. You know, we watch sports all the time. It's hard to – we don't really hear that much. So it's certainly a uh, – I think it's a little bit of a scary situation because it's so rare that we hear that. And it's something that you look at and you say, well, how long is it gonna, he going to be out? How long is it going to take? They've already said he's going to be out the next three. So they're really it, – it's a long process, no doubt about it. And how, just how long that process is going to take to get back and to get better – remains to be seen. So, uh, you know, Regan Smith can be in that car, and he's a good veteran driver. Um, the way I look at it is they're still going to have a veteran presence there who can help them win races and help them uh, or at least try and improve before they move to uh, the 2019 season. Sounds like they're going to move. They're definitely changing manufacturers. There's no doubt about that. That's been reported. But where they're going to go is still a mystery here, although it's been reported as well that it's rumored that um, Daniel Suarez is going to be going to that team 
uh, in 2019. Other silly season news, John, here. A couple that came out recently. Um, Ryan Newman was last, last night that there's some possibilities Newman might not return to Richard Childress Racing next season. Newman's been at RCR for a little while now. Uh, missed the playoffs this year. But to me, he's their best driver, John. I'd be really shocked to see him out of that 31 car. Uh, you know, there was rumors he might have been out last year, and Caterpillar wanted to keep him in. Um, one option for Newman next year appears to be Roush Fenway Racing, and that's six car. And we'll tie these two in because it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, Newman's been re- mentioned for that six car, and tonight Roush Fenway Racing announced Herbane will not return to that team. That is official now. Jack Roush came on Series 6M NASCAR Radio with Claire B. Lang and discussed that with her and said that Bain will not return to that six car, which we all assumed was going to be happening. Uh, I think when you get replaced in the middle of the year like he did, it's a pretty good assumption that he will not return to the car for next season. Jack said he's in conversation with several drivers next season. You can assume Ryan Newman from yesterday's reports. You can assume maybe Matt Kenseth, if Matt Kenseth wants to do it. Um, but what about Ryan Newman here, John? Here's a guy who uh, is, is a good driver. He's, he's one of the toughest to pass out there all year long. Every race, everybody complains that Newman's such a pain in the neck to pass. Um, where do you see he go, him going in 2019? What are your thoughts? Well, if if the rumors are true and he's not going to return to Richard Childers Racing, I think that's a loss for RCR. I think he is the bread and butter at that place. Austin Dillon may have a win and may be in the playoffs, but Newman's a better driver. Newman just hasn't had the luck this year. Austin Dillon made his own luck in the opening race of the season by wrecking uh, Eric Almirola going into turn three of the Daytona 500 and collecting the win. But Newman's the steadier performer. I mean, heck, you look the one year with RCR, he goes to the finals of the playoffs without a win and finishes second in the, in the race, doesn't win it lost to the champion because um, he didn't win the race, but he finished second in the, in the points and in the season without winning a race. Newman's going to give you consistency. Newman's not going to tear up a hell of a lot of equipment. And the fact that Ryan Newman is the toughest guy to pass on the track. I think that's phenomenal because his job is to do the best job for his team. And if it makes you work your ass off to pass him, great. That means he's busting his butt to make sure he stays as far up in the, in the uh, standings in the, in the show that he is. I think Newman would be a good fit for uh, Roush Fenway. I think one of the things you look at, Newman and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. both have similar backgrounds coming up. Newman, Newman came up through the Midget Series. Newman's also an engineer, so he knows what needs to be in a car. I think Matt Kenseth has helped make a lot of progress at Roush Fenway in that six car that, when he was in it. I mean, you look, he was respectable at Indy. He's been respectable the last few races he ran. You could see improvement in that six car. I think that will carry over to Stenhouse as they go to 2019. And I think if Newman comes in, if Kenseth doesn't want the ride full time, and I think it's going to be one of those things when it comes to money. Newman comes in and runs that six car, I think it will improve Roush Fenway as an organization. If Matt Kenseth runs a six car, I think it will improve Roush Fenway as an organization. If it's not one of those two guys driving that car, Roush Fenway will go backwards as an organization. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly everything you said, including the fact that um, RCR would take a step back. You know, I'm surprised by this that RCR would even be entertaining this. That's how, you know, this isn't an organization, I'm not trying to, to destroy it, but this is an organization who hasn't had a lot of success recently. And I know Orson Dillon's done a decent job this year. I'm not, I don't think he's done horrible, um, but I think Ryan Newman's that veteran presence, like you said. He brings an engineering background, smart guy, can tell you where you're off on your race cars. Hey, listen, this is what we need to do. Um, Austin Dillon's got a little bit of experience, and he's becoming a veteran race car driver, but I still, still think you need somebody with some more experience over on that race team and I know Daniel Hemrick's a heck of a race car driver. Um, he's proven himself. He's done a very, very good job in the Xfinity Series. A lot of people like him. He's a nice guy. He runs up front every week. Hasn't won a race yet, but he's done everything but doing that. But I'm not sure replacing Daniel Hemrick with Ryan Newman, replacing Ryan Newman with Daniel Hemrick is a right step in the right direction for your organization. Now, if you want to add Hemrick 
to a third car to that team, I'm all for that. I think uh, that, that would be good for that organization. Um, and maybe three cars will help them get back to where they need to be. But um, I would be shocked if, if RCR let Ryan Newman walk. But this could be a situation where it's who's more desperate. You know, I've talked about at length on these shows here the last couple of years, the last couple of weeks, I should say, where I think these driver salaries are going down. I think these drivers are fighting extra hard for money. I think that's why Kurt Busch left Stuart Haas to go to uh, Chip Ganassi. I think this could be not a situation who's more desperate where is Rash Fenway going to pay Ryan Newman more money than Richard Childress Racing can, can, can and can support? And if that's the case, then Newman might sit there and go, you know, they're sort of on equal playing fields here. I've seen how Mac Kenseth's driven that six car. Like you mentioned, John, it's been much better of, of late. Uh, I've seen what Mac Kenseth's done with that six car. You know, it's not a horrible team. I'll go there and make more money than I would at RCR, and so be it. So that could be a situation as well. I think these veteran drivers are teaming up and saying, hey, let's let's not take uh, too low of an offer because – we don't want to totally undercut our income. Um, so that could be something to keep an eye on as well. But, listen, I totally agree with you, the fact that RCR needs to hang on Ryan Newman if they can. Um, also, I think that six car, you, you bring up a good point. You know, Roush is talking to, to several drivers. He said he wanted the winner and somebody fast in that race car, um, and that eliminates to be Ryan Reed. You know, Ryan Reed's had been in the Xfinity Series a long, long time, hasn't won a lot of races, has been very fast. Um, not a championship contender at all. So if you think he's going to make the jump to the Cup Series with another with early diabetes sponsorship, I think you're going to be ultimately surprised by that because I really don't see that happening. I do see Jack going after a driver. Kenseth certainly is an option in that car. Uh, whether or not Matt wants to do it, maybe the 41's an option for Matt. I don't know. Um, but Ryan Newman would be certainly a, a much better uh, option than, than even Trevor Bain. Um, and whether or not Roush has a sponsorship behind him, that all remains to be seen. But I think Jack, for whatever reason, just seems to find these sponsorships. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse, he just got a lot of sponsorship behind him. Fast and all, John Deere, uh, Sonny Delight, he's got on that. Sonny D now it's called. Um, so they seem to find sponsorship on that car, and Jack seems to find sponsorship wherever it goes, Wyndham Resorts with Matt Kenseth. So, um, yeah, I could see Newman in that car and being very competitive. So I pretty much agree with everything you said, John. Um, you know, it's just going to be wild to see how it plays out because yeah, I just think this rule package, and I've been on this, and Lee's, Lee doesn't think I'm right on this, but I think this rule package is next year that, that they're potentially going to have with more restrictor plates is going to really change the game on how these teams view race car drivers, how some teams view race car drivers. Maybe experience doesn't mean that much anymore. Um, so maybe that's why Hemrick gets the call over Newman. So it's going to be wild to see how it all plays out. Well, I think if Hemrick gets a call over Newman, there's a big difference between Roush Fenway and Richard Childress Racing. Uh, as much as Roush Fenway has struggled over the past few years, John Henry is still a partner in that team. And I don't know how much money he's putting in it, but there is money there from John Henry. And if Caterpillar wanted Newman in the car and still only is sponsoring four races, was about sponsorship ryan reed would be in that six car with lily diabetes but he's not he wants to win races if daniel hemrick goes into the 31 car for rcr it'll be because south point casino stepped up and is going to sponsor daniel hemrick like they have in the xfinity series so there's money behind hemrick because hemrick and um brendan gone have become really good friends brendan has been a big supporter of daniel hemrick Brendan's basically been a driver coach for him most of this season. So if it's the difference is Childress needs the money. What surprises me is next, I was listening to RC on uh, trading paint today. And he said, it's a two car operation. We're looking at possibly a third Xfinity car next year, but we're going to be two cars in cup. And if it's that way and it's money involved, I can see Daniel Hemrick going to the 31 with South point behind him. The one thing it's, kind of amazing it's the 50th anniversary of richard childers racing i wouldn't take a step back in my 50th anniversary no yeah for sure and you know it, it's a lot of people still think ty Dillon might be in that team eventually as well maybe uh who knows you know who knows where that goes as far as that's concerned but yeah no i i agree I, you know and i'm not saying ryan newman's the uh 
next David Pearson for sure, but uh, I think he does a very good job with what he's got. Another piece of news that came out this week that was very interesting was Matt Benedetto's future, John. Um, DiBenedetto, and Go Fast, DiBenedetto announced he will not be back with Go Fast Racing for the 2019 season. To me, that's not a surprise. Um, and I know everybody's like, oh, they've had a really good relationship. Last year, I thought the 2017 season, for whatever reason, and you look at points, it doesn't add up with what I'm saying. But I felt like, for whatever reason, Go Fast Racing was way better in 2017 than they were in 2018. I think they had a lot of bad luck last year. That sort of took them out of some races. But they had a lot of raw speed last year. We really haven't seen that this year from Matt DiBenedetto. Um, and I don't think it's his fault. I think he lost his crew chief, Gene Need, who I think is a very, very smart guy. Apparently, Gene wanted to come off the road. And I think that really threw that team into a loop um, coming into the year. So I think once Gene left, uh, the, the chemistry left between him and Matt, and they haven't been right since. Now, there's some options out there for Matt, according to uh, Adam Stern of the, of the Sports Business Journal. Um, it sounds like Richard Childress Racing is an option, so it's Front Row Motorsports and GMS. Now, I think GMS and Richard Childress could very well be their Xfinity Series rides there. Uh, Front Row Motorsports would probably be a cup ride. It would certainly be a step up from Go Fast Racing, especially this season. Um, so what are your thoughts on DiBenedetto? Here's a guy who was a former development driver at Joe Gibbs Racing, kind of left the sport a little bit, started in park for, for uh, Curtis Key in the Xfinity Series, hung on to a career, got hired by Rotten Devine, and, and you know, has shown a start, uh, shot to start him here a little bit, even with the fans um, on Twitter and stuff. And there's a lot of fans that really like what he's done, and that sixth-place finish at Bristol really helped him a few years ago at BK Racing. So what are your thoughts on DiBenedetto here, John? Um, where do you see him going? Actually, I think, if anything, Matt DiBenedetto made Xfinity. Um, he sort of looked at the way things have gone for an Alex Bowman, for a Dogger, and riding around tail end Charlie fighting for 30th place in the Cup Series isn't why he wants a chance to win. He wants to be in good stuff. Um, Go Fast Racing hasn't ever had good stuff. Um, BK Racing hasn't ever had good stuff. That sixth-place finish he had at Bristol a couple, a few years ago for BK Racing was a miracle. It just happened to be Matt, Matt Benedetto ran really well that day. And on a half-mile track, you have that shot. The short tracks kind of equal things out a little bit and give you a chance if you're a backmarker team. I think Matt Benedetto is a good driver. I think he showed himself that he's respectful to other drivers. He doesn't put his car in bad places. He brings it home. Um, he's gotten more out of crap equipment than a lot of people should. And I think if you put him in good equipment, which Joe Gibbs has done a few times, and which he's done a couple times in the Xfinity Series, he shows you what he can do. And it might be where Matt DiBenedetto thinks he needs to take a step backwards before he takes a step forwards. And he might take a step back and go to the Xfinity Series and run for a good team in the Xfinity Series and take a chance at using that as a springboard to get back to Cup. Yeah, and that's a great point, John, because you look at a guy like Ryan Priest, who has had a lot of success in the lower divisions of racing. Uh, he's a great modified driver. Ran a few years in the Xfinity Series for Johnny Davis, I think one year, and then went to... Joe Gibbs Racing for like eight races, won a race last year, won a couple this year, and now he's on a radar to take over the 47 car for A.J. Allmendinger, who sounds like A.J. is going to go back to sports car racing. Priest is going to go to uh, the 47, it sounds like. Chris Bush is probably going to stay at the 37 at JTG, something else to keep an eye on. So when you look at that, I think that's certainly who he was referring to, maybe even Ross Chastain. Chastain, who we've seen in the 42 car, he's in it again uh, this weekend, uh, Las Vegas in the Xfinity Series, he's a has some speed. He's really, um, I think, helped his reputation as far as being a really fast race car driver here by being in that 42 car. Um, who knows where Ross Chastain's future is going to go, but maybe he's in conversations with Jack Roush for that six car if for whatever reason Matt doesn't want to drive and Ryan goes back to the 31. Maybe Ross Chastain goes to the six. Um, and that could be a, certainly a step in the right direction for the six because we've seen Ross Chastain 
really, really run good and really have some speed. So when you look at those two priests in Chastain, who really helped their reputation as far as getting a, a, a pretty decent cup ride. Now, the 47 certainly hasn't won a lot of races, hasn't run for the playoffs in a while, um, but they are a pretty good team. They're an RCR-affiliated team. Next year, they're going to be affiliated and have Hendrick Engine. So that's a pretty good team there um, for for Ryan Priest to go to. Uh, certainly, I think that's something that Matty Benedetto looks at and says, I want a piece of that. You know what I mean? And, and he's got the ex- much more experience than those two guys with Chastain and Priest because he's run in the Cup Series the last four years and has done a very good job for sure. I, I'd like to see Matty Benedetto. seems like a good guy. I'd like to see him get a decent ride here. Hopefully it all materializes. But GMS Racing, um, that, I think that's an Xfinity ride. The only cup ride I think right now on his radar, unfortunately, would be Front Row Motorsports. Um, and maybe they, he, they're looking to add a third team because they have four charters here next year. Um, they're going to probably lease one, but the other one I don't know if they can. So it's going to be interesting to see what that team does next year as well. So I think that's where all these rumors are coming from. I think Matt DiBenedetto would be phenomenal. Um Going back to the Xfinity series, like Priest did, um, and you look, Priest wound up pretty much buying his rides at Joe Gibbs Racing. It wasn't like Joe Gibbs had empty space. Ryan Ryan Priest came with sponsorship and said, "Hey, I can buy this ride for this. Just give me good stuff, and let me show what I can do with it." And it wound up working out for him. Um, there's a lot of teams, and you look at the at the Cup series. Front Row Motorsports, I mean, that's a lateral move from Go Fast. It's a, it's a little bit it's a little bit of a bump up, but you're still not racing for wins. Um, the shot, if it's open at um, Roush, if they go that direction with them, and I think I think Matt DiBenedetto would do well in the six car, but I just think they need a veteran presence there to go with Stenhouse. Um, if GMS goes Cup, there's a chance with that. I think one of the things that shows the respect that Matt DiBenedetto has in the garage was you remember at Phoenix when they were talk, he said, we don't have sponsorship. We, we may not be able to go. Denny Hamlin sponsored with his foundation, Daryl Waltrip sponsored with his foundation, Kevin Harvick sponsored with his foundation. So you had two other drivers and a broadcaster who's a hall of famer stepping up to help sponsor that car, to give that guy a shot at going to Phoenix. So that means he's got the respect of the garage area. I think he'll be good for wherever he goes, and somebody noticed that, and they may say, "Hey, let me take a shot on it if I have a cup, if I have a ride open." And the other one that could be a possibility if GMS decides they're going to Cup, and they can't land a Jamie McMurray or somebody like that, and we still don't know what kind of shape Spencer Gallagher's in right now. They're saying it's a shoulder injury; he's coming off the drug suspension. We don't know where Spencer Gallagher's head is or what his physical abilities are right now. Maybe they go to the Cup Series and say, okay, Matt, we're going to go with you. They buy the Furniture Road Charter. That way they're getting money out of it, and they could end up doing something special and building it into a second team whenever Spencer Gallagher's ready. I think it'd be a great shot for Matt Benedetto to go somewhere like GMS Motorsports because you know they're going to get Hendrick's stuff. Yeah, I think when you look at that, you say um, that would be an awesome, awesome Awesome move from Matthew Benedetto. Uh, you know, I, I always say you build a team with a veteran race car driver. I really do. And, and I know Matt's not a rookie by any stretch of imagination, but um, he certainly uh, is still a young driver. So it's really interesting to keep an eye on for sure. Um, the biggest curious thing to me, John, is F41. I mean, we haven't heard anything here from Gene Haas or from Tony Stewart as far as who might replace Kurt Busch. Now they haven't officially announced Kurt Busch out of that car. But in the last 60 seconds here, John, uh, who's your thoughts on that on F41 car? Who do you think might go there? I'm still sticking with Christopher Bell. It's going to be a late-second surprise. Um, Christopher Bell has said he wants to go cup racing, and I think they were going to try to find a way to give him 5-10 races at the 95 with them going to Toyota. But with the furniture road development and Truex probably going to JGR and Suarez going to the 95, probably that means there's no place at the Toyota camp for Christopher Bell to show up. I can see Tony Stewart saying, I want this guy and making it happen. Yeah, it would be a huge move for sure. I just think for whatever reason, I just have this gut feeling they're going to go real cheap with that ride. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know who they could hire for that for that 41, 
But it's just interesting how quiet it's been. You know, you hear a lot of rumors about other rides. And that 41 car, you haven't really heard about who might replace Kurt and who they're talking to. Even the six, uh, we've heard that. We've heard the 31, who they might be talking to. Nothing out of that 41 camp at all. So the one reason I don't think they'll go cheap is because they've got all four cars in the playoffs this year, and they are beyond excited that they have four cars in the top top 16 instead of three cars running great and one car fighting for 29th. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, but still, you know, they're going to have to figure out a decision here for who drives that 41 car next season. Um, and, you know, it's getting late in the game. You know, <laughs> some people are trying to – I'm sure there, there are still good drivers out there for sure. But, um, you know, if they don't have it figured out or at least they have a general idea of who's going to be in that 41 car next season, they might be behind the eight ball. I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking in Circles tonight. We'll see you next week here on Talking in Circles. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.